Well, the headline screamed, one in 14s identify as LGBTQ, according to CDC study. That's the US-based Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. But is the statistic accurate? And what does it really mean? We check it out. So according to media reports, fewer teens than ever are identifying as heterosexual, according to a recent study from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The CDC study found one in four high school students identifies as LGBTQ. Part of the reason this number could be so high is that a lot of these teens were asked for the first time if they were questioning their sexuality. Questioning. The CDC surveyed 17,500 students in 152 uh, schools nationwide in the U.S., to get these figures, and these numbers show that in 2021, let's have a look, so there's the 26% identified as LGBTQ, so that's where that's where the one in four comes from, but where do they fit in the alphabet group? Well, here's the breakdown of the 26%, 12.2% identified as bisexual, 5.2% as questioning, 39 as other, just 3.2% as gay or lesbian, 1.8% said they didn't answer the, understand the question. So in fact, that 26% is pretty generous. More than 5% are questioning and really don't know, almost 4% or other, whatever that means, and almost 2% didn't understand the question. And what does bisexual actually indicate? According to the dictionary, bisexuality is a romantic or sexual attraction or behaviour towards both males and females, or to more than one gender. Yep, same thing. Sexual attraction to either side. Of course, they might also be aromantic, autosexual, bicurious, biromantic, demisexual, fluid, graysexual, pansexual, polysexual, sapiosexual, and spectrosexual. Yes, these are all options, according to the so-called experts, and the list is growing every day. So many options for young people to be trendy, and different, and unique, and stand out from the crowd. Except it's becoming more crowded to be trendy now. And remember, this is 14 to 18-year-olds they're asking. And the other really important thing to remember is that at the same time as these questions are being asked, and young people are asking these questions to themselves already, there is critical theory being rammed down their throats. Terms like white guilt, white privilege are being enthusiastically embraced by schools, organisations and governments and all minority groups are oppressed, your group identity is the most important thing. Critical theory views people not in terms of behaviour, values or achievements, but in terms of your group membership. And gender and sexuality are two of these groups, which afford you minority group status. So to identify in the alphabet group of LGBTQIIA+, plus immediately affords you minority group status. Identifying as bisexual makes sense, especially in such a hypersexualized environment as we have in our culture today. Now, do you remember that interview I did recently with the left-wing, Democrat-voting, gay marriage-supporting California mum whose daughter firstly identified as pansexual and then decided to want to transition to the opposite sex? Let me just show you a clip. Have a watch of how it all started and the peer pressure. 
Uh, well, it really started with comprehensive sex in seventh grade when my daughter was introduced to the genderbred man. Okay, so and now just to clarify, seventh grade, just for New Zealanders, I think that's uh, about 13 years, uh, sorry, uh, 11 or 12 years old? Yeah, she was 11 at the time. Okay, 11, yep. Yes, so they do a five-hour course on sex ed, mm. and one whole hour is dedicated to uh, gender ideology where they have the cute little genderbred uh, cartoon, and they have an arrow pointing to the head saying, you know, you could have a male brain in a female body, and that's the first step towards teaching a child that they can be, you know, potentially born in the wrong body, which is a nonsense concept. Okay, and yeah. what was the result of those lessons? I mean, uh, most kids sort of laugh through them and uh, sort of think there's nothing to them. What was your daughter's response? Well, for young girls, they actually start listening to it because this is the time of their lives where they're starting puberty mm -hmm. and where they're learning friendship groups and they want to be kind. Um, they want to be inclusive. They're taught this, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and so all of her friends, five of them, came over to my house on that Friday after the lesson and all said that they were something on the LGBTQ alphabet every single one of them. And that was the first entry point for me to say, what the heck are they learning at school? My daughter picked pansexual, which again is the kindness one, the kindness mm. label, because you're open to sexual relations with everyone. Mm. And it's also nonsensical because she's 11 and uh, she should not be thinking about um, you know, sex mm. at, at 11. Uh, but each one of these girls, yeah, so, you know, it's amazing. You can watch that full video on our website, Family Matters. Now, someone might be saying, Bob, you just don't understand. Teens know exactly where they're at, and this data is rock solid. But interestingly, even LGBT academics are sounding a warning. According to the media report, Tara Tull, an expert with Metropolitan State University of Denver, said the numbers are surprising but can be explained. She said the one in four number is surprising, but at the same time, if you drill down into the actual data, it only shows that about 3% of youth identified as gay or lesbian. Over 5% were questioning. And I think what's happened in the last 5 or 10 or 15 years is we've really opened up space for people to explore their identities in ways that there didn't used to be that social room to manoeuvre in. Most teenagers do not feel normal, they're different and they're really struggling. And I think some of that struggle with being a teenager has just kind of come together with these issues of gender and sexual identity so I think there is just a lot more openness and conversation. And Tull said there is also a tendency to lump in gender identity with sexual identity, so this could also play into the number of students who labelled themselves as questioning or other identifying as trans or non-binary. What this really all hints at is just how confused we're making teens in this area. But you can see that stress and confusion when you look at the other data around mental health, which was also released by the CDC. Let's have a look. Three in five girls felt persistently sad and hopeless. That's the top line. A marker for depressive symptoms in 2021, increasing substantially from 2011. One in three boys. Look at that growth there. But when broken down according to sexual identity, and that's the dark blue line, not the purple, the darker blue, if that's a colour, uh, you will see that LGBTQ uh, plus students are sadder and have poorer mental health, including self-harm, than non-LGBTQ students, significantly more. Uh, 
Now, LGBT advocates will immediately say that's because of discrimination and phobia, despite the fact that it's now very cool to identify in this group and there's whole months and days dedicated to celebrating it. But here's a telling graph. Look at the rates of drug use, alcohol use, marijuana use, much higher for LGBT students. And this is consistent with data from New Zealand in the Youth 2000 research. Here's a question we all need to be asking. Rates of poor mental health for young people are increasing dramatically. We all know that. But rates of poor mental health for LGBT are even greater. At the same time, more and more young people are thinking they can choose their gender, questioning whether they're a boy or a girl despite their biological parts, which of the 112 genders are they? And they're also wondering which of the 200 plus sexualities they may fall into. Because remember, being heterosexual is highly problematic today. In fact, under critical theory, it's potentially a problem, especially if you're white as well, and male, or a Christian. And this is also being driven by the curriculum in schools, pushing this ideology and indoctrination, and of course social media. Our young people are being saturated in a hyper-sexualized world, and they're paying the cost. Sexual and gender confusion are increasing, and at the same time, the mental health is deteriorating in our young people. No connection? Of course there is. The heading of the article in the New York Post was, Fewer teens than ever identify as heterosexual, CDC report. You would have heard the cheering from the LGBT activists, less heterosexuals. According to Rich Savin-Williams, a developmental psychology professor at Cornell University, quote, social media has added to this visibility that there are options that were not previously available. In a positive sense, it sort of says, hey, look, you don't have to fit into those boxes, end quote. And remember, this is a societal trend, not just among our young people. According to a survey from Gallup last year, the percentage of Americans who identify as LGBT plus is now 7.1%, more than double 3.5% in 2012. You're actually probably surprised that it's not way higher and also that it's so low given all the options that now fit in the alphabet categories. But it's not a trend over all ages. No, it's younger generations who are being strongly indoctrinated with this ideology. As you can see on the graph there, far left-hand side, 21% of Gen Z adults, those aged around 20 to 26, said they were LGBT. Gallup noted the increase in LGBT identification in recent years largely reflects the higher prevalence of such identity amongst the youngest US adults compared with older generations. Millennials, 11% there, Gen X down to 4%, 3% of baby boomers, and just 1% of those born before 1947 said they were LGBT+. But here's the trend line, a massive jump for Generation Z and also um, millennials, but not for the others. So it's only a gap for young people. Why? Well, it's because it's based on the keyword identification. It's not about born this way. It's about identification. And teens are being pressured to identify their gender under 112 categories and their sexuality under 200 plus categories. And then we wonder why they're so stressed and struggling with their mental health. Now, you're probably wondering, is this the same in New Zealand? Yep, here's the latest stats on New Zealand. 
Uh, overall, it's 4.2%, but here's the age breakdown. Out the left is 18 to 24-year-olds and then 25 to 29 and onwards. Uh, but what about our youngest people? Well, in 2011, the 2000, uh, Youth 2000 study out of Auckland University found that just 3.8% of young people reported being attracted to others of the same sex or both sexes. That's comparable to what they found in 2001 and 2007. So just under four in every 100 since 2001. But then in 2019, it had more than doubled to almost 10 out of every 100, reporting they were same or multiple sex attracted. But note what the survey also showed. Same and multiple sex attracted students had significantly higher depression and self-harm rates. The survey also showed higher rates of sexual activity, substance abuse, cannabis use, and lower rates of health and well-being than heterosexual peers. Look, here's three graphs that were contained in a report we wrote in 2020, which shows overall mental health rates um, in 2020 when we wrote the report. Anxiety disorder percentages for 15 to 24-year-olds. Depression and or bipolar diagnosed for 15 to 24-year-olds. And hospitalizations for mental and behavioral disorders for 0 to 19 years. Uh, you can see they are increasing and these New Zealand stats are similar to the US. Here's the other line that's increasing. It's the US stat, but it's similar to New Zealand's identification. Identification of LGBT. You know, I go back to my original statement. Sexual and gender confusion are increasing. And at the same time, the mental health is deteriorating in our young people. It's time we spoke the truth about biology and about the biblical standard for sex, for the sake of our young people. Now, this has been a pretty heavy topic, so let's finish with some humour from US comedian Bill Mayer, who actually asks some interesting questions. And let me show you just a Couple of clips to wrap up this episode. Something about the human race is changing at a previously unprecedented rate. We have to at least discuss it. Broken down over time, the LGBT population of America seems to be roughly doubling every generation. According to a recent Gallup poll, less than 1% of Americans born before 1946, that's Joe Biden's generation, identify that way. 2.6% of boomers do. 4.2% of Gen X, 10.5% of Millennials, and 20.8% of Gen Z. Which means if we follow this trajectory, we will all be gay in 2054. <laughs> and then who's going to buy this chair? I'm just saying that when things change this much, this fast, people are allowed to ask, what's up with that? All the babies are in the wrong bodies? Was there a mix-up at the plant, like with Captain Crunch's Oops All Berries? <laughs> it wasn't that long ago when adults asked a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? They meant, what profession? And it's okay to ask questions about something that's very new and involves children. The answer can't always be 
that anyone from a marginalized community is automatically right, trump card, mic drop, end of discussion. Because we're literally experimenting on children. It's trendy. Penis equals man. Okay, boomer. <laughs> Remember, the prime directive of every teen is anything to shock and challenge the squares who brought you up. It's why nobody gets a nose ring at 56. <clears throat> And if you haven't noticed that with kids, doing something for the likes is more important than their own genitals, you haven't been paying attention.